Ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of The Valorant Show. I'm Taylor Reflections Noble, joined by Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud Baby. It's going to be a good time having you along to just talk some Valorant. Too Loud, how you feeling? Man, I'm feeling good. You know, here we are at Valorant. We've been we've been behind the scenes for a few weeks working on this together. And so, man, I'm, I'm excited just to be here and, and have this opportunity to do it. Let's do it. Absolutely, man. It's going to be a good time in conjunction with UMG. It's going to be a lot of fun to push this product out, have it be in a good time. And man, Valorant, been taking the world by storm. The numbers have been insane. And I got to say, Valorant is doing a lot of good things and a lot of things right. Let's move in to our first section, Ask the Agents. Ah, so much learned this day. A victory on many fronts. All right, so in this section, it's going, to be a, it's going to be a chance, if you will, for you guys as listeners to have the opportunity to ask us some questions. Join in on the discussion. We love getting a chance to talk to you and show you some appreciation for coming by every single episode. Too loud, though. If you want to go ahead and elaborate, what can they be expecting from this section? Uh, so, like, reviews. We're going to be looking through reviews. If you guys have put the reviews up on iTunes or Podbean, wherever you drop those, wherever you listen to this at, we're going to be reading those, reading those on the show, giving you shout-outs. Uh, if you guys have questions for us as well, you can shoot them over to us. You know, obviously, your complaints, send them directly to Taylor, not to me, right? Don't, don't ever send oh. the complaints <laughs> to me. Send those to Taylor. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to have emails, guys. We got the, the Valorant Show at gmail.com where you guys can reach out to and send us your feedback. So wherever it is, we're going to kind of compile it, bring it in and, you know, talk about it up front with all the agents that are listening to the show. Absolutely. We're calling you guys agents because that's what you are. Valorant, baby. It's going to be a good time. And, you know, honestly, like you said, love the reviews, love the questions. And we love introducing you into each and every single episode, making it that much more special for you as a listener. But hey, it's already time. Let's go ahead and run it back. Yeah, let's bring it back. So for this section, it's uh, just going to be our weekly news, right? We're just going to come in. We're going to talk about patch notes. We're going to be talking about updates and everything Valorant is starting to introduce. As you guys know, it's currently still in beta, but man, they are already making strides to make the game better for you. Not only wherever you're playing, right? Whether it be USA, now including Latam, Brazil, and South Korea. They're already expanding the servers to those regions and man, Troy, that's huge. Man, yeah, I mean, and, and for a number of reasons, right? And not only is it because, you know, now we have more players coming to the game, but I think it just shows, like, Riot's commitment to bringing this globally, right? At we A lot of times we'll see games, especially here in a release here, and they'll be out for a few months before they even reach these other regions, right? Uh, especially when you start talking about, like, Brazil and, and South America. We always hear th our friends down in the South, like, give us the game. We want more. Uh -huh. yeah, so uh, I think this is a really great opportunity for them. I mean, you you, you know, you cast Gears and that and, 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 yes. and, and Latin America and Gears is very passionate about their game, right? And, and I love to see uh, that community down there able to actually finally get their hands on Valorant uh, and feel some of the, uh, the intense moments we've gotten to feel already. 
Oh, last time I'm seeing in Gears is crazy, man. I, I love it. Not only do they have the best tacos going on, baby, they got the best energy. Yeah. Gears of War is, is one of those games that's incredibly special, and so is Valorant, right? But like you said, the fact that we're already in beta, they're opening up the servers for Brazil, Latin America, as well as Korean servers, that's huge. If you are a listener over in Mexico City, unfortunately, right now, you're not going to get access, right? The infrastructure is still being built. I know most of the infrastructure delays are currently over in Mexico City so far. At least that's the official uh, wording from Supercakes herself. Uh, but uh, hopefully soon, Mexico City will be added. I know Oceania, Japan, Southeast Asia, and Middle East will also have to wait. But at least Supercakes does say those servers will be released or at least updated and online so you can play the uh, at least the beta. They're going to be online before the beta is over with. So the fact is, transparency is key. And we're already seeing Valorant kind of come through with Super Cakes as well as the rest of the team and just letting us in, cluing us in as to what we can expect for the future. But let's go ahead and talk about the patch notes. Version 0.41 is out. I think we've already had two patch notes so far already in beta, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. I mean, uh, applause to Riot, right, for this. The fact that they're putting out the patch notes like you said, in in the, you know the server update, you know basically you know they're they're being so transparent, and you you mentioned a few times, but for me this is a key for a game to be very 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 uh, successful, right up front sure. is for them to have uh, this transparency level with the players, right? What are the players wanting? How 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 much you know how much are we enjoying the content so far? Uh, what is to come? What adjustments we want made, right? And so immediately you already see Riot. They've done this through the years, right? You know, it's funny a lot of times in my in my normal my normal job, right? Although you, you guys might be listening at home and think, man, how special Taylor and Troy are to sit here and talk Valorant <laughs> all day. Believe it or not, we actually have full-time jobs beyond the podcast. And so, but what's funny to me is that uh, you have a product like this. And in my normal, in my normal job, you know, you roll out something and you immediately start hearing, we hear, we, I pay a lot of attention to how the user experience is, right? On mm. a software. And you think about any software that's out there, that's really what happens. You, you think about any uh, application, right? Like Facebook, Instagram, when they first rolled out a lot about, hey, what are the users saying? Well, Riot's done this on multiple years inside of League of Legends and everything else that Tencent, who is their parent company, has been a part of, right, has had their hands in this. So it's almost like they know what the right direction is and immediately they come out of the gate doing this. My biggest interest, and as you know, in the other communities we've been part of, is how long will they keep this going? Can we anticipate mm. that they will keep patch notes every week? Is this going to be a monthly thing? Is this going to be, hey, just whenever it happens? Back in the League of Legends days... I mean, we saw a new character come to the game almost every two weeks in 2011, 2012. Like, every two weeks we had a new character coming. So what kind of updates, what kind of patch notes will we have all the time from, from Riot on Valorant? That's yet to be seen. I hope that they keep going down this path, though, Taylor. I really hope that they keep showing us these in, these, these you know big increases, the big adjustments hmm. that they're doing to the game. You know, And obviously this week, starting with bringing us competitive. Yeah, no, competitive is the biggest, biggest talking point, right? When it comes to the current updates, uh, it's it's interesting. They released the version 0.41 uh, patch notes, or at least the new update, and then they followed up with kind of a hotfix, if you were not a, necessarily a hotfix, but another update that introduced competitive, which, by the way, I want to just kind of give praise to the guys over, or at least the guys working on Valorant Riot Games for the fact that they do, in fact, release competitive 
you look at other titles and I'm not going to point them out, but there are other titles that do host competitive uh, or at least ranked modes, right? For competitive, at least an incentive to play if you don't want to just go in and play unranked. Because let's face it, right? Uh, playing unranked is a lot of fun, but eventually you reach a point where you're like, uh, is it what's you know what's worth me sitting down 45 minutes and playing for no reward? I want to be able to showcase a rank. And well, with rank coming out already in beta, that's huge. And to my knowledge, no other game in beta has ever released a ranked mode. They've just kept it simple, you know, pub play. So this is a big testament of how they're already pushing the limits. Uh, just what? three weeks or so into the game. But competitive is out. The way it works, you play five games in order to find your different rank. I think there's eight total ranks that you can achieve. To my knowledge, Valorant is the highest rank, which it is. You can't achieve Valorant just based off of placements alone. I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's Diamond, right? Or is it Platinum, the highest you can uh, you can go? Platinum, I believe, yes. Okay, so you can go Platinum. I know, because the reason why I say that is because Shroud ended up getting Diamond, but that's on a later subject. But Platinum is the highest you can go. Um, and then Valorant can be released or you can unlock that a little bit later. But one interesting thing that they're doing with this ranked mode is the fact that they are allowing your unranked games to also affect your ranked, uh, at least rank at the end of ranked mode, right? At, at the end of your five competitive games. And to each their own, whatever you think about that subject, but it's kind of interesting that they are including unranked into the overall ranking of your overall rank right that's that's kind of interesting i don't think anybody else has done that yeah i i, I agree with you I, I, well there is something kind of similar here so if you paid attention to all to rainbow six siege they've had a diamond level right they've had they have these ranks that they kind of built in similar game like like i know that everybody talks about csgo but if you kind of marry csgo a little bit with you know the the this this class-based system right the sure. first take on it kind of is Rainbow Six um, Siege. I mean, they had, you know, different abilities. Different characters could do different things, right? Um, and, you know, I, I, I even covered that game for a while. And you and you saw some of the competitive nature come into there with the different ranks that they had. Uh, but, yeah, this will just to give some clarification. So it goes Iron, Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, Diamond, then Immortal. So Immortal is going to be your top rank before Valorant. So Valorant okay. is your is your highest rank Immortal. I, I actually had to pull it up to look at it as well because I hadn't looked through it on a scale before to actually see every single one sure. that they had. So yeah, I mean, I, I think it's it's interesting to me that there's so many ranks because I feel like when you the more ranks you have, the more you're segregating players, right? Sure. So like, will that bronze player that's stuck in bronze? ever really get an opportunity to get to silver if he's not playing gold people, right? This is always the argument is like, how, how do they get to the next level? Uh, and for me, I, I'm, I'm just interested to see number one, where we place that, right? Cause I'm fairly new to PC <laughs> for everybody. That's, that's uh -huh. new to also listening to the show. Like all of you since it's a brand new show. But if you, if you follow me on any other shows, it's, this is my first time to go on PC. Uh, three weeks ago, I took on this this uh, task, I guess you could say, this adventure to to go out and play PC and play Valorant. And, uh, you know, it's been, it has up and down days so far, Taylor. You've seen some of them. But I'm interested uh -huh. to see how this ranking system comes out for a player like me and how it helps me progress and get better in the game. That's true. And you mentioned one of the interesting things that you said, the segregation, if you will, because there's eight different ranks or at least multiple different ranks. 
at what point are you cut off? And, and that's the question I don't know. I don't know the answer to when you're cut off, right? So let's say someone is down all the way at the bottom and iron and someone is at bronze, are they able to play together, right? That's going to be one of the biggest talking points is because if you have a set five and you're not able to play with all five of those, are you really going to be able to progress through the ranks? Are you going to be, because we know solo queuing on any aspect on any game, right? Whether it be League of Legends, Overwatch, uh, you know, even Fortnite or whatever, you never know what you're going to get, right? right? And you might get a good team, you might get a bad team, and you might not be able to successfully move up in ranks. So that's something that I'm curious well, to see how like they're going to kind of balance well, this that is, out. This is the thing, right? This is the thing about League that made it so toxic at certain times, right? Was that like, hey, you, you have your lane, you're not playing your lane, you're feeding, and then all of a sudden, like, Right, it starts there and all goes to hell, mm -hmm. right? And and so what I'm really interested in see, like, number one, all the learnings that Riot had from how they put players together in the early days of League, right, versus how they do it now. How will that feed into this game and, and how, like, organically will the community be, right? Is like, Right now, everybody's really nice and everybody's really open and most people are having mm -hmm. fun and a good time. But when this starts getting real competitive, like, does the toxicity come out, right? How does what what happens to the community in that aspect, right? I mean, we saw Shroud even said he had such a good game. Obviously, was it my problem or yours, Taylor? I don't think yet. But uh, <laughs> first game in ranked, he did so well, his four teammates couldn't even play with him anymore, right? He was stuck in queue forever. So, um, you know, I, I'm just interested to see how it does play out for for people and 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 how the community kind of organically grows from the competitive scene because it really does talk a lot about the future of the game and the esports competitive side of this. It's absolutely right. And you mentioned organically, we already know right now that especially with uh, the press released right for Valorant, for the future of competitive of Valorant, they want to build the cultural identity for Valorant organically and whole the whole entire year of 2020 is going to be that way. They're not going to release any franchise yeah. leagues. They're not going to release any official events. If you will, it's going to be ran by third party TOs as well as influencers. I love the fact that they come out with small, medium, large size tournaments. They already have the guidelines there. And if you want to run a tournament for $10,000 or $12,500 worth of prizes that are non-cash, you can do that as long as you follow their guidelines. So the door is wide open for anybody to grow the scene organically. Now, Organically is the direction they're going, and we're already seeing effects of that. For example, Ray's. Ray's, for the longest time, people were complaining about Ray's and how it was she was too overpowered. They weren't happy with her. Especially at lower MMRs, that's where you really started seeing Ray's being truly overpowered, but the better players were able to counter her effectively. But one thing is, her utility is all damage, and therefore, it was really uh, an aggressive playstyle, and it was incredibly overpowered. So the way that they ended up uh, addressing these issues in uh, version uh, 0.41 is reducing the paint shells from two to one. And the paint shells now have a kill reset. So uh, basically you have to get two kills in order to refresh the cooldown. That alone, just reducing the paint shells from two to one is already a big step forward. And we have noticed, or at least I've noticed in my games, a lot less raise play. Oh, it's still yeah. there, but it's used more so right for utility as far as like, you know, getting up top with your satchel charges more so than just slaying out with the with the paint cans or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, in fact, we saw this firsthand, right, with our friend Big. He thinks he's good at the game and here he is, you know, yeah, being, he thinks. being he raised, thinks. you know, running around. <laughs> throwing, no, he's good. He's good for all our friends out there. We're teasing him because he's probably listening to the show. But uh, no, I, I think the big change to the to the shells is was a big deal that was needed. Yes, you you mentioned low MMR. Yes, I'm low MMR. I'm sure. I don't know my exact as am I. Yeah, right. So, but I did feel it quite a bit, and and it did seem to yeah. 
um, kind of changed the pace of the game once they took those out. And I think that's the biggest thing is uh, some of those moments where you could push a team, right, or or be able to, like, catch somebody uh, kind of slacking, right, as they're rotating. With, with her shells, you were able to kind of get out in front and protect those areas from those quick rushes. Now that she only sure. has one shell, now that it's out, you, can, you have that immediate availability to push if you, you know she's there, right? So I think right. playing her defensively is changed – you know, more so than how she played offensively. I think that, you know, a lot of players that were playing her offensively, you know, were pushing together, pushing as a team. But I think mm. really where her, her add-on came through with her multiple shells and her paint cans were like when she was on defense, she could hold the area almost by herself just with her two paint cans and her ult, right, that seems to refresh all the time. Uh, but like immediately I, I, I saw a big impact to her and her shells coming into play. And But I have a question for you. Paint shells hmm. now have a kill kill reset requiring players to get two kills to refresh the cooldown. How do you feel about that? I'm happy with that. And the reason why is because it allows a player who wants to play raise, that player is going, whether he or she is going to have to perform. You're going to have to perform with that character if you want more utility. It's the same thing with the ultimates, right? The only way you can't gain ultimates passively like you do in Overwatch, right? So the thing is you have to be planting, diffusing, playing objectively, or, you know, A, you have to be slaying out because, you know, each elimination, each kill uh, grants you at least one point. Or, of course, going and getting the orbs allows yeah, you for one Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That's two. my game. That's my game. Going and just get the orbs because if I can't get a you kill... Know, they are so- <laughs> <laughs> They're so useful, man. Those orbs were a great, great addition to the game, by the way. I just want to point that out. And it really makes you play, too. Let's oh, say yeah. you're just one point away from getting your ultimate. Playing for that orb can be very risky, but it's high risk, high reward. Mm. If you get that, you get your ultimate. If you're a raise and you get you, you know, your big bazooka, right? I mean, that right there is is pretty powerful. So the fact is, I love any idea of rewarding the better player and giving him more utility or giving him more ults or giving him more uh, access, right, to his character's abilities. I'm all for that because it adds a new skill gap and it adds a new skill range where you have your better players. Clearly, they're better because they're earning more objective points. They're earning more kills. And because of that, they're getting rewarded for that. For me, that allows for a more competitive environment, a more competitive sense than it would be if you were just earning things passively. Do you think we'll ever see like changes like this happen just in the competitive play, though? Like, will they ever make a change to a character that only applies in competitive? Mm, so that's that's like going to to Fortnite, right? And whenever you start thinking of you have your pub playlists uh, and then you have your competitive playlist, and for a long time they wanted those split. Yeah, that's going to be for. So I'm I'm a big component of keeping pub play as similar to competitive play as possible. And I think right now we're already seeing that, right? Everything is literally identical. Um, but I, I think the biggest thing you keep everything the same as far as you know the agents go but let's say if an agent is released then you just ban it like you have it may, maybe in the future when more agents are added maybe they add a pick and ban system i think they will in fact and i think that would I, be I was, the most we were balanced. talking about it yesterday uh with some of the people we play with i think they actually might have mentioned that that like that was in a q a session like oh yeah in the future mm. we're gonna we were considering that it wasn't like hey we're doing it for sure but they were considering it. i mean obviously you know, we, we keep referring to Riot because of the league too, right? And their history with league, mm-hmm. but like there's a ban and pick system there, right? So yeah, I, I can't imagine there not being in a game like this. I mean, every game that we've seen where you have uh, characters with abilities as well, right? We have, uh, we have seen a ban and pick system. So I, I can't imagine them not having that. I'm just curious at what number do they put that in? 
Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what number it's going to be uh, later on. Obviously, we'll be talking about potentially more that are going to be coming out, but there is going to reach a number and there are going to be agents that are released that people just simply aren't happy with their play style. So they might get auto banned or that pick and ban system could, in fact, be uh, very useful. When you look at Riot, obviously, with League of Legends, they are incredibly good at balancing out uh, the legends that they do have. That's one of their specialties, if you will, especially with hundreds of legends now. So for me, I think they're going to excel in that regard. Another update that happened is Sage's slow orb uh, also slows the airspeed of players. So for example, a jet, right? If a jet's just trying to stream across or if you're trying to bunny hop through, um, that has also been uh, kind of nerfed. And for me... I know you're not happy with it. I'll, I'll let you vent. I'll let you vent. I, 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 I just don't know how I feel about this, right? I mean, I feel like if you hold your ability, say you're Jet, and you hold that ability and you're able to get across, like, that's you. you, you like, you're strategically playing with your abilities to counter an sure. ability. And I think that's okay. In most of these games, I feel like if you have a play and there's a counter, then that's the good solution, right, is you have a counter to it. Uh, it just depends on when you use it. And so... Like for jet for the jet change, I I mean I can give or take it. Like I get that that they don't they don't want one player just to be able to maybe get through that situation a little bit better than others. But again, I also think like that's when you start talking about team comp, and that's when you start talking about like okay, what do you have? Like, are you taking a jet every time that they take her? Right? Like, it, sure. it, is that a case? Do I need to make sure that every time you know I have I have the ability to use my tailwind to get across there as a jet player? You know, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think with Sage, the other big one, you know, with her orb, slowing the fact that you can't bunny hop anymore is another skill yep. gap. You just mentioned the skill gap play with Raze. I think that you should be able to bunny hop through it because I think that is a skill gap thing. You still can't shoot well when you're bunny hopping, right? You're not accurate. Um, most people are going to have their knife out anyways when they're doing it. So it's not, it's already putting them at a disadvantage, right? And, and you can hear it. Um, I remember that players can now walk through Sage's Orb without making noise. I also think this is a bad idea. Like, it's not there for a long time. It's her defensive availability to slow somebody or stop somebody from walking or get that awareness of a player. Mm -hmm. And I really don't like that change. Like, to me, out of all the changes to her, the fact that you can't hear a player really affects me because I feel like part of this game is built on noise. Uh, it, well, I think it's all noise, right? And I think that's why going back to Ray's also the audio cues for her ult was in fact increased because when there was, you know, talking going on and there was gunfire and, and all the elements in the game, Ray's ult was too quiet and it would absolutely surprise you and catch you off guard. So they ended up increasing that sound. So you're right. It's uh, Valorant is a very sound based game, right? You call your rotations yep. off of sound, yep. right? If they're, let's say you're playing on split, they're going sewers. You hear that from a mile away and that's a good call out that you have to make if they're rotating around. So I agree. Messing with the sound, at least in that regard, definitely needs some tweaking. Um, but the bunny hopping through, like you said, it is a skill base. That's that's one of those things that separates a good player from a bad player. So in my opinion, I think they definitely need to kind of rework that once again. We're still in beta, right? This is one of the one of two updates that's already happened so far. Right. And I expect, given you know community feedback, uh, obviously those changes are going to be you know changed at least in the future. I'm kind of curious if they're going to take more of an approach where they listen to the you know the the highly competitive players in terms of how they're going to tweak the game or if they listen to like let's say your reddit users which you know they go through and, and you know they obviously more pub players if you will from that section are they going to listen more to the pub players 
Or are they going to listen more to the competitive players? That's a route that they're really going to have to figure out where they want to go. I think that's a struggle, though, that, that Riot probably doesn't have now. And that's because of all their years, like I said, about league. Like, I just think sure. that they figured that out. They know where to balance players. I mean, we've even seen, if you follow league at all, that for a long time, players will come out in league, and typically they're banned first in the first tournament they're available because they're OP, right, or whatever it is. And then sure. Riot goes and makes a change, and then they're balanced out in. The other thing is, is that you also have seen through the years of League that, like, some characters are good in certain seasons, and then all of a sudden, you know, they change, they rebalance something, and they're not good anymore, right? They're not viable anymore. And then all of a sudden, you know, here, here we go again. They're back in play another season later, right? So I, I expect the same rotation to happen here from a competitive standpoint, is that some of these players, like, some of these characters are going to come out and be very viable and the certain team comps that we have now, but then all of a sudden a new player is going to come out and then bam, now that person's viable again or not viable anymore. Right. So, um, I, I I think we've already talking about like certain people, certain players and characters that are already the must pick for a team that's playing ranked, right? Sage is almost a must pick. Oh, Sage is a must pick hundred percent. Just like, I think the same, uh, you know, you have Sage, obviously, who's incredible ability, whether it be the ice wall, the slows, right? You could shut down entire lanes. You can also come through and you can res your own teammate. That's incredibly important. You have Jet, who, which I've, I've actually heard that Jet at a highly competitive level isn't as useful as it is at a lower MMR. Yep. So you probably won't be seeing her as much. I know Breach is incredibly powerful uh, when being used in a team base because yeah, all of his utility is made. for helping your team. I love Breach, but the thing is, you guys don't listen to me when I'm like, yo, I'm using my old, let's push the site. You guys hang back. It's true. It's no, true. I, I, it's no, true. no, let me, let me, let me digress because I'm getting a little bit passionate. Uh, all right. Because now I'm getting some PTSD yeah, from the other night, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. last night to be in fact. There's going to be a lot of that in the show, I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm curious to see uh, how it's basically going to develop over time. Obviously, I love the fact patch notes are coming through. And uh, just the last kind of thought on that, I also like the fact that under each fix, they add a section called, you know, what's up with that or why though? So they explain their reasoning as to why they're changing things. So they're not just making a change. They're also making that change, but explaining why they made that change. So it leaves us less in the dark, but let's move on to our first official topic. And that's going to be two leaks that just came out. We'll start with the first one, a new character already in the works. Got to love our data miners uh, going through finding out some, maybe some voice lines as well as some new character additions. New Bombshell character, uh, first and foremost, walk me through Bombshell, at least what you know, what you think Bombshell is going to be. So so this is interesting because, uh, you know, as we are building the show and going through, we're listening to different, like, audio lines, and we found all these audio lines, right, that are on YouTube. You can he- go here, like, literally hours of just call-outs from, vo- uh, from all the voice actors, which are, by the way incredible voice acting in this game oh, 100 like i, I 100%. love it i love the voice acting in the game but uh you you hear first off you you hear a few lines from brimstone who mentions bombshell right and if you don't know kind of like the lore that's kind of coming together and this isn't all together yet uh but i'm nerding out on it a little bit is coming together is like brimstone is the captain of this crew right or the of, of all these agents 
right? And, Looks like it. And we have like uh, on the trailer, the initial trailer, you saw Jet running away from Phoenix a little bit, and you see some some things like happening. Uh, you know, it looks like it's it's taking place right where there's water, and it it seems like somewhere in Italy, right? And like all this feeling that's kind of come out, and th- these different words that are coming together. But what I think is interesting is they've taken these lines like from uh, from Brimstone and other characters in the game. Sage has one that mentions bombshell. She says, "Ignite this place, bombshell." Uh, and you have, you know, uh, you know, uh, all these little kind of hints throughout Cypher says, uh, at one part, my little engineer, right? So you think maybe somehow this character is going to be somebody with like, they, they say maybe with a turret, right? A lot of people are thinking somebody with a turret, maybe with something that's more stationary, uh, some abilities to support. But what I think like is a like a Turbjorn, if you will, from Overwatch. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what I think about this is like, it almost sounds like another support character though. And Okay. Like support characters in this game are very, very interesting to me because like you have Cypher, right? For instance, who is a, a Sentinel, right? And that, sure. that's what they're kind of, from my understanding, right? That's what they're calling some of these uh, support characters, mm-hmm. Sentinels. That's what Sage is as well. Uh, but then you also have uh, initiators like Sova who are also kind of support characters. So I don't know where Bombshell, if that's the next character we get, is going to fall in place. I don't think there's enough information from just the voice lines that will tell us that. But it does sound mm-hmm. like they can ignite this place, right? So maybe they have some type of grenades. Maybe they have some type of uh, turret that's there as well. So We're going to find I, I'm out. I'm thinking to Claymores. I'm thinking Claymores as well, right? If you think about Bombshell, obviously, first thing that comes to, to mind is bombs, right? And we already have the paint canisters with Rays. So I'm thinking with Bombshell, it's if it is in fact going to be more utility, more support, if you will, I'm thinking you plant, maybe, you know, you bury a mine. And then if you go over that point, the mine blows up, does X amount of damage, but also alerts to where the people are at. I like the fact that more support players are being used. But then again, I do want to see more DPS players or more, uh, if, if you will, damage players being or damage agents being added because Raze is, is the first true one that's really out there. And I want to see more kind of get added. But this is the thing about it. With support players, I like that because when a new support is added into the mix, it changes the meta. And that's one of the biggest things with each agent that's going to be added is how is the meta going to be tweaked mm, and fine-tuned? Yep. And will Bombshell, for example, take the place of another agent that may has been using the meta currently? And maybe that agent becomes obsolete and then they have to kind of rework, uh, rework themselves around that. And that's where we talked about when it comes to League of Legends, they're great. When it comes to balancing their overall legends themselves. But when it comes to Bombshell, I, first and foremost, once again, I want to allude to the fact that we're only three weeks into this, like just about three weeks yeah, into Valorant. Right? And we're, you know, we're in beta and we're already looking at a new Bombshell character that's going to be added. But I know there was, uh, Dr. Lupo was talking to one of the developers of Valorant. And I think they did, that. at least that developer ended up saying, yeah, you know, upon the official release of Valorant, we're looking to add in at least one or two agents. But one of the things that they kind of alluded to is they don't want to add them too soon and they don't want to add them too late. So they want to find fine tune and kind of find a nice balance. So if Bombshell is going to be added, if it's added to beta, by the way, once again, just like competitive, another groundbreaking thing for Valorant, but I do believe it's probably most likely going to be added. This agent's going to be added once the official game is released. Oh, so you don't think we're going to, I think we're actually going to see this, this agent in, in beta. Um, and, and the only reason why is because I don't think you would release those voice lines unless you did it. I think, look, in this industry, it's so interesting because we have leaks. But I think, like, sometimes yeah. these developers are giving these links, right, for a reason. Like, it's this is part of gaming. This is, like, 
This is like, you know, sure. in, in, in core in core sports, it's like, you know, somebody moving, you know, from team to team, right? Like this, this it's it's, it's kind of that ESPN drama, right? That they can draw up and, and, and what's there and sure. the topics for the day. And that's what's so unique about gaming is gaming can have this different thing where it's like a new character, a new map comes out, right? Immediately, here you are. Um, I, I, I think it's super interesting to release these voice lines if they don't show them in beta. Um, I also think that they want to balance some stuff, and I do believe that we're going to see the count number at 12 before the release. I think Bombshell is one of two that we'll see before, because I I just have this feeling that 12 characters is what we're going to see released with the main game, and I think they're going to want those balanced in beta before they release. So right now we sit at eight. So you think they're going to add four in beta alone? No, we have 10 right now. Oh, we have 10. Excuse me. 10. So we have to. OK, so two, two is two is definitely usable. Yeah, yeah. Two is definitely usable. OK, OK, OK. I was stuck on eight because I only have eight released. It takes such a long time. Well, man. I only have seven. I got the credit actually. card. I'm, I, I have I, I don't have an unlocked Viper Omen or Breach myself. Um, Breach was going to be my next unlock, but I, I'm trying to do this organically. Like I'm trying to work through my contracts and just do it. Takes a long time, though. But here's the reason why. Uh, and since we're talking about agents, it's because like I know I'm going to play the game, right? I know I'm going to play the game anyways. Sure. I need to get better at some of these other agents before I move on. So I don't really need them all unlocked right now. So that's kind that's of my fair. mindset. But what's your mindset on that? Are you going to finish contracts and then unlock? Uh, get your get your free unlock, or are you going to pay for them all? All right, so check this out. I got a bad habit of breaking out the credit card. I'm not going to say how much money I've already spent on skins uh, I, because spent, it's exuberant. I've already put $200 on my account. I'll just throw it out there already. All right, I've been, I've, I'm like about $150, $160. Yeah. Okay, now I don't feel... All right, cool, because I'm not going to... I'm not even going to go to other games. I spent money hey, on look, that. I'm would justifying be that because I don't have to drive to work right now. I'm working from home in this COVID-19 world, so that, I tell that my wife, hey, you know what? Instead of a tank of gas, I just put an extra... Hundred bucks on my, on my Valorant account, right? <laughs> How does she feel about that? Uh, I don't know. I just kind of ran out of the room once I said it. So <laughs> that that uh, yeah, just is a casual passing yeah, a casual by. Just get out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Say it. Get out. That's the best way to go about it. Yeah, I've spent about 150, 160. But I mean, you know, with with them giving back twenty percent, uh, especially on release, I'm like, I'm already going to spend the money anyways. I might as well just spend it now and get some money. You back, know what? So. Hey, this is a moment for us to teach all of you agents out there that are listening. This is an investment opportunity for you. Probably not the wise choice and probably not the choice you should do with your money, <laughs> but one that I am totally doing as well. And I probably shouldn't, but you're going to get, from what I understand, was it 20% right back? 20%. So yeah. you're going to get an mm-hmm. additional 20% of whatever you spend in beta back, right? Now you're going to lose all your unlocks. You're going to have to rebuy these packages again from my understanding, but Hey, 20%. So already you're yep. getting an additional amount. If you buy a hundred, like for instance, right now, if you were to go buy a hundred, uh, valor points, I believe they're called. Uh, and right now, if you buy a hundred, you get 1500 bonus points for free. Now, Valorant, I need to have a talk with you because on Fortnite, when I put in a hundred dollars, I get 30, uh, 30. Yeah. I get 30,000 V bucks for free. Right. So you get like $30 for free when you spend a hundred bucks. Valorant's right. essentially only giving me what, like 15 bucks for free. Like, yeah, it's, this is, this is heartening for me, but I will say to sum yeah. this up, we could talk about this another time, but you do get extra V bucks or extra Valorant right. points whenever you, you, mm-hmm. by the way, Valorant and V bucks. Hmm. 
I, and, I, I, I know. I, I caught it. Interesting. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, you know, you're going to get your extra, your extra valor points, and you also get an additional 20%. So, yes, it is. If you do yep. have the money, it is a good investment if you're going to be playing Valorant when it releases. And so that's, I think, why we're chunking our wallets at it now. But I do have to ask you before we move on from this, Taylor, we mentioned it. We got to put it out there. The prices, are they too steep right now? Yeah, I definitely, you know, the uh, the Prism pack that came out kind of made me, you know, a little bit, not upset, I would say, but definitely like a little bit like, what, 60 bucks for this, you know, entire package? Yeah. And the thing is they piece it out. You can buy each individual piece. So I do like that aspect of it. So if you don't want to, you know, buy something like the LMG skin, right? If you don't need that or if you don't use LMGs, you don't have to buy them. But 60 bucks for an entire pack, that's pretty crazy to me. And I'm hoping they're only doing this and at least they're making it that expensive with the fact that they're giving incentive for 20% back yeah. upon release. So they're thinking like, okay, you spend the money now, Maybe. we'll give you yeah. some money back. That's why we're making it so expensive. So I hope once the game is officially released, they'll taper those prices off a bit because right now I, I strongly do feel that the prices are pretty crazy because 60 bucks, that's, that's a lot. I mean, even, even for a knife, uh, a knife skin, right? So if you want the dragon one, that's like, it was like I think 20, 25 no, 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 bucks no, no. or like something 3, like that. It was like 3,900 Valor points. So how much that's like, isn't that like, that's like 20 something bucks, 25. And the way that they do it too, is obviously you buy, like you could buy the $50 uh, pack if you will, but that's not enough to cover it for like an entire prism pack. So then you have to buy that plus an extra $10 or go up, you know, in, in money. And I get the strategy. I get it. Right. I'm not hating on it, but I'm just saying, I think it is a bit steep. So I hope they do personally, they kind of lower those prices moving forward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I, yeah. I agree. I think uh, I also bought the Reaver collection, right? Uh, yeah. Which is like four things. The knife alone was like almost four thousand valor points by itself, right? Sure. Which it, just to just to kind of put that in perspective for everybody that's out there, like that's like thirty five, forty dollars. Like, that's a lot. That's a lot of money for a knife. Um, and then there's even some knives that they've sold that like don't have very many animations. Like it's like you 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 buy stuff and they don't have the animation when you pull it out or when you reload it, and like I totally get if like the Reaver collection it is very detailed and maybe it's going to do like its reload ability is different or maybe they come out with these collections that have some additional features to them that sure, cause them sure. to be more money, but just right. like a skin on a gun. Like if it's just a normal skin, it's on a, a reskin gun. too. Yeah, 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 and it's a reskin. You know, that's and you're right. Like the Reaver was probably the best, I think, bang for your buck, given the fact that you have additional unlocks. Which, by the way, then they have the the Radiantite too. Right? Yeah, that that's you have actually to, the coolest one. I didn't even know about like the red one that you buy. You could actually get different sure. skins for it. Right, right, and you can do that too. But uh, you can. But the thing is, they kind of split it between you know you buy your radionite and that's how you unlock more things if you will for your gun so they have two different avenues to purchase things but even the radionite is like super expensive too so if you think about spending 60 bucks on on a on a pack and then you also have to buy the radionite to kind of upgrade the skins if you will you could be looking oh. at spending upwards of 100 120 dollars just to get where you want to get with that specific pack. So granted, you could do it all organically, you know, by unlocking things and, and leveling up and all that. But I don't think we're helping the cause though, Taylor. Like, I, I don't think... I, I don't think we are. All right, agents, this is what I want to say. Once again, <laughs> if you're going to spend the money anyway, spend the money. And, and look, the skins are nice. I'm not going to lie. I, like I said, I, I've spent 150, 160, he spent 200. But regardless though, it's, I, I like the fact that they let you piece it out. So there's a lot of good things you know, in there. I still think you know, maybe work with the prices a little bit. But the fact is you're getting 20% back. So 
take that for what you will hey, if you, you want to go ahead and move and, forward. And also, that. I mean, if you look at it, I mean, it is a free-to-play game. I am getting hours and hours of entertainment out of it. So sure. that's kind of how I try to justify it. My wife might not justify it the same way, but I do. I justify it. So take it a gas. Way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So take baby, a gas. Just come look at my, that's, baby, look at this Reaver collection. It's so nice. Look at my guns. They're just... And she's just like, what? Yeah, you're <laughs> such a child. You're 35. When would you grow up? And I'm like, hey, uh, I got to get the prism one too. <laughs> Got to get the prism. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Let's move on to our next uh, leak. Right. We talked about bombshell character. Now we have a new map potentially coming out. Currently, there's only three maps that you can play on. But Ascent, Ascent, the new map that's coming through. Not going to lie. It uh, it looks pretty cool. I'm trying to figure out how many bomb sites. I I, I think it's just two. I think there's just two. It's just A and B. I think there might be just two. Yeah, I think it's just A and B. A and B. So it looks like it's taking place in Venice. Right. I said it in Italy before. Uh, kind of the the same. I think it is Venice that actually taking place at the um um uh, on the trailer as well. So this might be the map sure. that's like associated with that trailer look and feel. Kind of also with the practice area. I saw a couple of screenshots and it almost looks like the practice areas in the background of this, right? Like the floating island wow, that we okay. have. Yeah. So it looks like this is in the background of that. Um, when 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 they showed it, uh, it was obviously leaked on Reddit, right? This is the first place it kind of came out to. Um, and then sure. the riot, riot developer update when they showed that a couple days um, into April, I think it was. Uh, they showed this riot developer update. And we had a quick glimpse of that that like appeared on a video. So, you know, again, everybody digging in, trying to find the latest and greatest thing that's going on in Valorant. Uh, just like Bombshell, right? This is, we have a little hints to it. We have little screenshots and things that were captured, but nothing confirmed sure. by Riot yet. So we don't know when it's going to come. I mean, four maps to me uh, sounds like a good amount um, to have in a beta, but we'll see. Um, I, I would like a new map. But again, I think a lot of people are already tired of the maps that are there. And. Mm. I've already heard this, but I don't know about you, Taylor, but like for me, I'm not really sick of them. I feel like some of them we play more than others. Sure. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. Um, one of the maps that I play consistently and constantly, it seems, is Split, yeah. which I think is probably one of the maps that everybody's kind of unhappy with. And the reason why is because it's extremely defensive heavy. Oh, you literally 100%. spawn up. Yeah, you spawn up on the bombs and offense. It's incredibly tough to break through. So that probably needs some rework there, but I don't know. Because you can't really open up the map already as it is. But anyways, I, I digress. Put another but door and garage. The three map. Okay, that's fair. Put another door and garage, right? Add another choke point. Because right now you only have, if you're going to push A, you have two choke points. You have, of course, that long hallway. And then you have ramps where it, yep. that leads you into heaven. If you want to go Bravo, uh, you go through garage. Or and mid, then, of course, right? you have your yeah. middle. Or, or, or mid, right? And that's it. And that's it. And they kind of want to... They moved the orb over to the garage specifically on that map uh, with the new update. The reason why they did that is they want to push more players for that uh, for that section of the map. They want to force more engagements on garage, which I will say they have done successfully. But as far as a defensive heavy map, one hundred percent. The other two maps that work really well, um, Haven and Bind uh, are blind. I, I like personally both of those, um, especially especially Bind with it uh, being the teleports. I think teleports is one of the most unique I things. You can pull quick audibles, yeah. and it's hard harder to read your opponents, and even you know better you as an offensive team. So for me, that's my favorite one, and I want to see more maps kind of develop with the teleport style. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think uh, I think Bind is probably my favorite. Um, yeah. map as well we do play split like you said all the time and i don't mind the map uh although last night for some reason we like 
13 to somebody and we started on offense. Yep. So I don't know uh-huh. what happened there. Maybe we were just playing real garbage people or maybe we're getting better, Taylor. I don't know. Uh, I think we're getting yeah, better, yeah, baby. I, I'm dropping like 20 bombs all <laughs> day, true. almost 30 bombs. You are. Never getting close to 40 bombs, but hey, <laughs> we're but definitely are, getting better. Uh, I, I really don't like Haven, though. I think Haven is my least favorite map because it has the three plant okay. spots. I wish they'd get rid of B um, and make it just like more open, you know, per se, because I feel like with B being an option for them to plant at, it's really hard defensively to cover that map. But I also feel like if they remove B, you would have better movement throughout the map. Offense and defense both, I think, would really push to kind of make that B contention point a, a space of rotation and, sure. and really be able to cut off your your you know your enemy, you know, the attackers from either side. Right, so I it, I think it would really play into some good play if they got rid of the B location. I also don't understand why there's three locations on that map, and there's two on the other ones, and Ascent as well only shows to have two locations. Yeah, you know, it's it's incredibly unique. Um, I'm, I'm kind of going back, and I'm trying to think of any other games that implemented a three bomb site uh, kind of play. And I can't think of one. And I never really thought about doing three bomb sites, to be honest with you. It never really occurred to me. But that kind of uniqueness for me is something special. I think it's hard to get a grasp on at first. People aren't going to like it, maybe, you know, such as yourself. Yeah. But then again, Valorant is trying to be different. And with the three bomb sites, kind of changing up the meta, uh, aside from your standard, you know, typical search and destroy or, you know, CSGO gameplay where you have two bomb sites, you push that, it kind of gets stale. If you open up three bomb sites, I think as a spectator, as a viewer, maybe even as a player, it keeps things fresh enough to where players are going to develop certain metas and certain strategies specifically on Valorant. And it separates itself from the likes of CSGO and, and other games, right? So I like that they're playing around with that. I would like to see more maps kind of open up to the three bomb site, but I think it was their first test to release this in beta and get the opinions on not only, you know, the competitive players, but also the pub players and see what the reaction is Yeah, because maybe they already have three bomb sites, uh, maps, you know, in, in the, in the mix, right. And ready to go and ready to be pushed out, but maybe they're taking a step back and saying, you know, maybe this isn't our best strategy. Let's just keep with the two bomb site plan, the two bomb site strategy, and maybe even rework, um, Haven, if you will. For me, I like it personally. It's a very diverse map, but it's not my favorite. I'm not going to lie. But then again, if they implement a three bomb sites on a different map, would I like it then? I don't know. That's Maybe true. it's just the yeah. fact we don't like how Haven's played. Maybe we're just scrubs on Haven. Maybe we're two head, but we need to get into that four or five head there you go. type of strategy. There you know you what I'm saying? There you go. I mean, definitely one person that doesn't have a problem with that map, it sounds like, is 10Z. I mean, this guy. Yes. This guy first one, what, to hit Valorant rank? Like, this is unbelievable, Taylor. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is great. You know, the fact is I was watching the stream. He reached it a couple of days ago, at least upon uh, when we're recording this and cloud nine's got to be happy. The fact that they have him as a player, uh, Tinsy, obviously an incredible uh, CSGO player transfers over to Valorant and clearly is one of the best, at least as of right now, it's curious to see how things are going to develop over time. Um, but he is kind of, if, if you're an overwatch fan, he's kind of like the seagull of his, of his time, right? Because Seagull was incredibly, incredibly revolutionary with his Genji play style at the beginning. And Tinsy uh, is in fact, one of the best players currently, at least uh, reaching Valorant, but I'm not going to lie. He's kind of paying the price for it with the 30 plus minute queue times, but I guess it's a price you pay for being one of the I, best out I there. I think I would be okay with the long queue times. If I landed an immortal one after my five ranked games, which is he did. 
and then immediately yep. going to Immortal 2 by the end of the day and then hitting Valorant rank, what, the next day? Yes, yes, the very next day he did. And uh, and you know what's unique about him is when he officially reached uh, Valorant, he was playing as Sage, but I saw him earlier and um, he was playing as Viper. So he's very versatile and he knows how to use the different abilities and kind of go through all of the different agents. So his play style is going to change over time. But the fact is with the changing, ever-changing play style and ever-changing agents he's using, he's still reached the rank of Valorant. Guy's only 18 years old. Right. So he's incredibly, incredibly young. He's got a lot of potential, a lot of future. And what an age to be, especially this young at 18, and also be one of the best in the world at a game. That only means that if Valorant stays, like, for example, League of Legends had, with LCS has the longest running league, competitive league in esports history. Valorant could very well reach those same ranks, reach that same regard. And he's at the forefront of it. And right now, with orcs itching, itching to pick up players. The world is open for him, right? He could have NRG reaching out to him, right? Uh, he could have just about anyone. Granted, he's on C9, but you never know what the future is going to hold. And, and maybe he'll be able to renegotiate his contract for even higher pay. The point is reaching Valor and being the first one, that's a huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah, I mean, we've, se we've seen a few things like this in the past couple of years, right? Like we saw Apex come out. We saw Dizzy, right? Just one name, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, to be pulled out out of, out of the hat there. But there's a couple, sure. right, that came in, in the Valor world. There's a couple that's come in the uh, Fortnite world right so what one thing that i do love is that at the beginning of each one of these big games these blockbuster titles per se that come out to the market you always have those initial players uh that immediately come out and do really good and make some fame for themselves and really create their name a lot of people that probably didn't know who tinzy was know who tinzy is now right and sure, so sure. Uh, i do love that my, my the thing that's interesting to me on this though is that he played viper like Viper's his main, um, and when the tournaments that we've watched so far, Viper's not really a character that's picked a whole lot in the pro scene. So that's right. How much influence will say Tinzi and other players have when they come in and they play a character like Viper and they're able to make her popular? Does this mean all of a sudden now it's part of meta? Now it's going to be put in and and or maybe is there something that like our us lower MMR players don't get about her? Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's still so incredibly new. And that's why we need players like Ten Z, who are some of the best in the world to show us what its full capabilities are. Because like you said, lower MMR, if we play Viper, for example, we're going to be utilizing the most basic, basic moves and basic abilities and, and basic strats for her. But if you sit there and you sit down and you watch Ten Z, which I was watching his Viper play, uh, uh, was I think it was, it, this, it was either this morning or last night. And I got to say, man, he is absolute insane with that character, yeah. with that agent. And same thing with Sage, right? Same thing with Sage, because he was using that, like I said, his last ranked game, or at least his last game before Reach of Valorant, he played as Sage. Right. So for me, we're going to need to see really the limits of these agents, because I don't think we're anywhere close to reaching those limits, right? Uh, especially as this game continues to develop. And he's going to be one of the leading stacks for it. And another person, too, who's kind of jumping into the mix, if you will, right? So uh, we got Overwatch MVP Sinatra. Oh, leaving man. Overwatch to play Valor. Now, granted, <laughs> comes on board with the Sentinels right away, a very respectable org, already has a set team. But this team has performed already as it is. Yeah, yeah. They, they what they ended up winning the the, the one a tournament earlier this month, right? An NRG tournament. The yeah. NRG mm -hmm. tournament. Uh they were the for NRG and friends, they were champions. It was what sleepy. Uh, Zen Bombs, Shazam, who came for complexity, now working for Sen uh, Sentinels as well. Uh, NRG Freaks, T1 Sony. So like big names, right, that that uh, sure. that were already here with the NRG team. 
But what I think is really crazy is uh, Sinatra comes and joins the Sentinels and like this roster is already packed, bro. Like insane. Mm-hmm. And for them to, to do this and to come over to Valorant and basically say like, hey, I know I was what the MVP of the Overwatch League last yep. year. Yep. Like, yep. Hey, I know I was at the top of my game and I was at the at the at the top of everybody's and everybody's sure. handing me trophies and here I am winning awards and I've tons of money and here I am signing contracts. But you know what? I want to go to Valorant. And I think it really shows because of once again, the history of the League of Legends that I can secure a future with Riot and I'm not sure about my mm. future with Activision Blizzard. That is that is a fact. I think right now, if you look at Overwatch, there's a lot of uncertainties. People aren't, especially even the players, maybe even viewers, aren't happy with how it's being ran and aren't happy with how it's developing. Um, and Sinatra, being as young as he is, he's pretty much only played Overwatch, at least competitively. And he's been doing Overwatch for several years now, since the beginning, whenever it was released. And you got to think of a young player like that who spent most of his, if not all of his professional career, playing one title, one game, the burnout rate is absolutely there. And maybe Sinatra, he reached, you know, the peak. He won, you know, the Overwatch Championship League. He got MVP. He was at the top of his game, secured the best contracts. He reached the the peak, if you will. And he said, you know what? I'm going to finish up while I'm on top. I'm going to go and transfer over now to Valorant. I want to get in feet first and start. And I like the fact that Sinatra, obviously being a big name in Overwatch, is using that leverage to secure a Sentinels um, spot, if you will. And you got to imagine, I don't know what the contract looks like, obviously for that side, but it's got to be pretty stacked to be able to bring Sinatra over. He's definitely lived, or at least it, it, being, you know, pretty cushioned. I mean, the fact is he's playing with Shazam zooms as well as sick and the next T1 tournament. That's going to be happening May 4th. He is going to be playing as well with dizzy. Who's coming back into the mix. We know dizzy left competitive apex, right. To become a streamer full time. Yeah. And now he's coming back into the mix with Valorant. Yeah. I mean, he left NRG. I mean, he was with NRG and he literally left and said, I'm going to go focus on my streaming. Uh, I'm going to take a break. I'm not doing this anymore. Uh, you know, I, it's interesting to me because he came on the scene really quick. We mentioned him earlier with Apex, and then he was almost out of the scene as quick as he came on. Sure. Um, and so it makes you kind of wonder, like, what is, the, what is the mindset of some of these players, right? Especially some of these younger players that have success. I mean, we're seeing more and more success. Sentinels also have Booga, right? I mean, they had Booga. He won Fortnite World Cup. So they have some names already on that roster in that organization over the past 12 months that have really taken that organization to the next level. Them to come on and bring on somebody uh, of this caliber, right? And and be able to bring an MVP, right? From another league that had success into this mix, I think is, uh, is got to say that they have some pocketbooks behind them as well, right? Like they got to be able to do that and, and be able to bring on players of this level. You have to have the deep pocketbooks, but also, you have to have like the ability to put together teams. And so it makes me interested mm. to see if like, did he come over and make this switch because of the roster he's going to be put on, right? He's going to join Shazam, who is a CSGO, you know, pro for many years of complexity, who's sure. hung their hat on CSGO. So like, is also part of it, the condition that he's coming into the team he's coming in on that he made this jump. And also like Michael Jordan didn't get to quit basketball and go play baseball and become a champion. He didn't do yeah. it, right? He tried. He didn't do it. He didn't it. do it. So mm-hmm. now you have a player in, in esports, I think, is going to be so interesting to see how this happens in not just Valorant, but is Valorant going to be that stomping ground where we see a lot of these players come from other leagues and other games 
and just say, hey, here we are, and we've made the jump to another game, and I'm a champion. Can Booga be a champion? Can can we, sure. can we now have an Overwatch champion come be a champion here, right? Can we have a league champion come be a champion here? Who is going to be the champion in year one, year two? I don't know, but I think that's really interesting yep. because it really drives on the the complexity, not no pun intended, of how <laughs> of esports and what esports can offer beyond what traditional sports can. It definitely uh, adds for a lot of storylines, right? Storylines galore, especially if you have Sinatra come through when the first official tournament or at least one of the first major tournaments that come out. But let's bring it back down to reality. The point is Valorant is only, you know, about three weeks in, you know, getting close to a month. There is there's, you know, they want to build a scene organically, but the point is they did announce in 2020, they will not be releasing official tournaments. And on top of that, they will not be releasing a franchise league or any league of its kind. Will this inevitably happen? We would have to assume so, given the fact Riot is the powerhouse behind the game of Valorant. But the point is, there is still a ton, a ton of uncertainties in this very game. So, huge success in beta, official game is released, the hype dies down, all of a sudden Valorant isn't as big Mm. as people thought it was going to be, which I don't foresee that happening, but let's just say, just in case that does happen. Now you have players such as Sinatra leaving the Overwatch League, can't they, leaving can't they that just go cushy back? salary. Can't they just go well, back? But maybe, but see, maybe he can't. I don't know. But if he goes back, is he going to be as valuable as somebody who did perform in this new Overwatch League season, right? Is he going to carry the same weight he did before? And is he going to be willing to take a pay cut potentially or go on a lesser successful team? Those are things he's going to have to think about. But the point is, I am very, and it doesn't surprise me that orgs are all orgs and players are already jumping in feet first into this game, given the fact that Riot's behind it. But it still is something that they really need to weigh heavily on, and they really need to think through their decisions and strategies. Because, like I said, this game it has success right now. It's got a lot of hype, but who knows? In in, in let's say just a couple of years, it may be a dead game. We don't know. I don't. Foresee, once again, I don't foresee that being the case. But still, though, the fact is people are jumping feet first, and that could be a scary thing, but maybe they're just ahead of the curve. I don't know. I mean, we like I said, we've seen it. We saw it with Apex, right? Teams came in and out real quick. Um, you can say what you want of where that is now. Uh, similar thing with Fortnite, right? We saw it come in and out. Um, I th- well, PUBG, too. PUBG is the same way. I think, in general, the gaming industry and esports is just hot, right? It's just it's the hot mm. commodity, and people are trying to still figure it out. How do you manage... Yep. 17 18 19 year old kids right that you're giving a lot of money to right i mean in turn the nba has a has a rule in place where somebody has to go play one year of basketball in college basketball in order to come to the nba right like there's that transition period that has to occur uh part of that because of maturity right there although it's only one year there is a big difference between a 17 year old kid who hasn't graded you know graduated high school and gone to college and an 18 year old kid who has right they they start to learn things really quick and i think in this industry teams are doing the same thing they're learning really quick the question that i have for you though is how do we not have a an apex situation right where the Mm. game comes out it's hot for a month or two and then all of a sudden it's like wait a second what's going on wait a second is the game as good as we thought it was How does Riot keep from that happening? You know, I think Riot right now is doing the right thing. They're not trying to for it specifically, as I mentioned before, grow the scene organically. They're not trying to become anything too quickly or too soon. And they're not trying to force something into the Valorant scene that may not work, right? It may work. It may not work. 
Um, Apex, when they came out, I think there was still a lot of uncertainty. First and foremost, when Apex was released, Respawn didn't even, they released that to kind of, you know, boost their sales, if you will, for Titanfall. It wasn't even meant to be its own standalone game, right? It was meant to, to be a means to an end, a promotional aspect. They didn't expect for the success that it had. Now, once the uh, excess or the success that they had, once it was there, they said, we got something special here. We're canceling Titanfall. Let's put our entire team on uh, this project with Apex. And then they had to develop that strategy, right? Just then and right there. They weren't prepared if you will. Ah, and that's no yeah. fault of their own. Like I said, it was just success that ended up happening. They caught them in a bad time with Fortnite. People weren't happy with it. And, uh, but then again, Apex, a BR is in fact competing with Fortnite, even though those are two totally separate games. I get it. You know, one is, you know, cartoonish, if you will, one is building aspects. The other one is kind of like more, uh, kind of mature, if you will, but also kind of like Call of Duty kind of mixed into the mix uh, along with BR and PUBG. So two totally different games with their own different, you know, abilities and set styles. But the fact is, I think Apex just wasn't ready and they didn't have a set game plan. Valorant and Riot is already taking competitive seriously. They're already releasing a ranked mode. They're already doing more than Apex did upon its release. And I think Apex could have been just as successful fuel as a BR if they would have already had the groundwork set in stone and ready to go yep. and build on that hype when the game came out. They just took a little bit too long, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I definitely think it, it was like a month before we even heard, right, from Respawn once Apex came out. So um, right. I, I definitely agree with you. I think they were just behind the ball. They didn't have the right plan. Uh, they had a great game, but they didn't have the right plan to roll it out. And Riot is already showing us that they have a plan, right? I mean, they even exactly. have a plan on how they're going to reply to us. Um, how they're going to talk mm -hmm. to us. Uh, they even immediately when the game released day one, they came out and said, hey, look, we want everybody to play. We just don't have the server capability. And because of the COVID environment, it's also slowed it down a little bit. And they gave us this transparency, right, of who they sure. were and what their rollout plan was. Um, and so I, I, I agree. Um, I definitely think Riot's positioning themselves to be great. I just always fear when you have a good game at its core like this, that something could put a bump in the road and cause it to go off the rails. Uh, and I really hope, uh, and I do believe that with Riot, it's not going to happen, right? That they have a great plan for this. And uh, I, I think we have a great history, Taylor, to, uh, to do this podcast, hopefully for a long time to come. I hope so too, man. I hope so too. I know the other uh, podcast that you ended up building from the ground up, the Fortnite podcast, what episode 100, 910? Something like that. Yeah. It's like what, three years in on that one. So uh, <sighs> that's, that's insane. Let's, let, let, that's insane. Let, let's I, do it one up with this one, right? Hey, let's go for, I don't know, 500 episodes. Let's, let's do it. I don't know. That's a lot of Taylor. Lot, Taylor, Taylor I, I like you a I lot, saw. but I don't know about 500 <laughs> episodes worth. Hey, and you know what? The, the listeners might get absolutely sick and tired of your voice too. That's so true. it goes both ways. <laughs> it goes both ways. Hey, but overall, some good topics. Valorant continues to grow. I'm excited to see the future of it. And you could be expecting some more news to be coming your way, especially on the next episode. But that leads us into... One of our next segments called Save or Spend. Halftime. If you saved, spend it. Don't save a thing. So in Save or Spend, this is going to be our opportunity to give you some tips and tricks, if you will, right? In the game, there is a, an option to either save your, uh, your in-game cur in currency or spend your in-game currency. Which one is the better option? Well, you have to make that decision, but either way, we're going to be giving you some tips that you could save or spend yourself. So 
Troy, walk me through what is our first Saber Spin of the Man, week? Man, you know what? I just, as I said, you know, I came into this thing three weeks ago to start playing PC. I didn't know what Saber Spin even meant. I went into this game. I just buying everything I could buy, clicking everything I could click uh, until <laughs> I started playing with you and Big and, and the other people we get to play with, Jay, all the great guys. Shout out to them out there. But teaching me some sure. of the basics. So I think... For some of our some of the listeners out there, I think as well, maybe some basic conversation around spend and saving, right? Um, do mm. you kind of have a, a, a regiment you go on now? Like for instance, now for me, I typically play. You know, on on the first go around, I buy a pistol, right? I buy one v one ability, and then the second round, I typically keep that pistol if I still have it, uh, or I buy another pistol, and I like to go almost two rounds every time, even when we switch sides. Yeah. Uh, to kind of give me that cushion to be able to buy a gun uh, or an AR a couple mm-hmm. times. I, I like to go with the Guardian. I like to go with the Vandal. But like, what, what's your what's your protocol? What what are, what are you kind of going with right now? Yeah, you know, I think for me, I'm, I'm along the same lines. You definitely, obviously, first round, you buy, if you want to buy your abilities, buy your abilities. They're not going to be as useful as you would think. So maybe you can hold back. And I noticed 10Z was doing the thing where he would, at, at least off the initial couple of rounds, he wouldn't even buy his abilities. Kind of hold back, if you will. So first round, I'm buying abilities, or maybe I'm holding back, but I at least want to buy a ghost. And the ghost is the silence pistol. I think it hits hard. It's uh, a great weapon to use. So for me, I'm buying that. You can even go through it and buy your sheriff if you want. Play style is totally up to you. Just being mindful that you are spending more money if you go that route. Um, but second round, definitely it depends on how it goes. You lose it, obviously. You have to go with pistol once again. You don't have an option. Maybe you can go through and buy your Spectre, but you're really not going to have that option. It's not going to be the smartest play, if you will. So second round, even if I do win, I'm still going pistol. I'm still going ghost. I'm saving my money. As the rounds continue on, though, hey, I'm starting to slowly increase. You know, I'm buying my half shield, then I'm going through, I'm buying my abilities. Can I afford an AR? No? Okay, I'll just go with my Spectre for now then, right? And then I continually start gauging that. And you also have to keep in mind your rest of your team, right? Because sometimes you're going to have to save them out, right? You're going to have to buy them a weapon. And uh, if you have that option, if you have that ability, that's going to be great because, look, a weak chain falls apart if there's a weak link, okay? So the fact is, if you it's have true. a player who comes through, everybody's got their ARs, and then you have that one person with the pistol, and you have the money to buy them something, buy them something, even if it's just a Spectre. I don't know, right? Or a Bucket. I don't know, right? You got to buy them something. The point is, you got to be thrifty at all points in times, and even, not even just off first or second round, if it goes into mid-game, and you need to save, Hey, save that money because it's going to be more beneficial to save, maybe lose one or two rounds than it is to continually just throw money at uh, at a boat that's sinking, right? It's just not going to work out well. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and it's something that I'm slowly like kind of, you know, figuring out and getting used to, right? Is saving and spending. So uh, I think a couple of call outs for people is like, don't be afraid to buy a half shield over a whole shield if it gets you an AR. Like yes. if the rest of your team has an AR that round, buy buy that half shield and buy your ar right like if you can do that um whether that is you know buying a guardian or even if it's buying a spectra and the rest of your team has spectras right and and you need to get that half shield instead of the whole shield like you got to kind of look at that um i would say watching like what shield you pick uh when you come into money crunch times or like an easy Mm -hmm. an easy go-to change um but like what i really like what i what i've really started to try to pay attention to is what my team is doing you kind of mentioned it there but like Am I am I saving or spending with everybody else, right? If I if I'm getting a, a a vandal and the rest of my team can only get a pistol, 
probably not a great round to have a vandal on because you're 100%. probably not going to live right you're, you're, most of your team is saying hey i have a great high you know i'm giving a great possibility here that i'm probably going to die to my opponent i'm just trying to save sure. some money for the next round so uh just pay attention to that that's my 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 tip my my key my save and spend this week is watch what your team's doing and start to kind of like hone in on how how the team composition works together on save and spend Absolutely. And uh, I think that's the best way to start it off with the save and spend section. Once again, just like at the beginning where you have an opportunity to maybe ask the agents, write some community feedback. This is your chance to in the comments section, whether you're on iTunes or Podbean, leave that comment and let us know what you want to hear about, what you want to improve on, and maybe give a little bit more insight. And maybe your question could be featured on the next save or spin section. We've reached a point where it's match point, right? This is the end of the show. And that leads you to question, what do you want us to do better? Let us know. We want to continually improve this show for you. What section did you like the most? Maybe is there a section you want to see added in the future? We would love to keep making this podcast better and better each episode. Match point. Let's close up shop. We know more than we did before. Let's use that. Uh, for me, my match point is my final thoughts today is what I want to get better at this week. And it's simple for me, Taylor. Very, very simple. And I, I'm sure you can agree. It's just learning how to use a mouse to aim. Okay. I just need Ooh. to get better at aiming. I've changed my sensitivity. I've gone up and down. I've done it all. I feel like I'm at a pretty good point. You saw a couple good flicks yesterday from me, but it's just still getting tuned in and honed in on that, clicking that mouse and moving it a little bit better for my aiming. But that's what I'm working on this week. I'm taking it down to basics, and that's where I'm going. And for me, I'm going to be working on sound cues. Sound cues are incredibly important. Viper, for example, has her ultimate where she releases this poison gas shield, right? If you will, around the entirety, usually on a bomb site. There was a point on Haven, the three bomb site map that we were talking about earlier, where she ended up releasing her alt. And I went within it and I had to clutch up. She was on the other side of the barrier and she started reloading. That's the time where I should have pushed her especially when she's out of bullets, right? Perfect opportunity to sneak up on her. But I waited until she reloaded. And then eventually I did get the elimination and I clutched up the round, believe it or not. I know you probably don't, but I did. No, no, I believe you, but I believe point, you, I believe you. <laughs> but the point is I should have pushed her when she was reloading. Those are the sound cues that could be incredibly important, such as maybe even footsteps, right? Reloading around a corner, yeah. when's the proper time to push? Overall, I just want to get better at just listening to the sound cues and then reacting to them a lot more efficiently. Yeah, I believe her line is what, welcome to my world, right? That's uh -huh. what she drops when she's dropping that. So if you hear that, you know, just think about, uh, think about Taylor's tip here. Make sure if she reloads, you run in full force, run in and uh, go ahead and clear her out. But hey, man, it was Absolutely, a lot of fun man. here today. I had a great time. I uh, hope you guys did too. If you let us know what you're working on this week, right? Like, tell us what you guys kind of time tips and tricks you're looking for, but also what what are you trying to get better at? What are you trying to work on as well? Uh, I don't know, Taylor. Yeah, I hope it, that man. next week I can I can aim a little bit better. Hey, man, listen, there's that in-game training range, right? Go in, start shooting, yep. play with the round with the sensitivity. That's another tip, too, maybe you could do. So, hey, overall, the game's still fresh, still new. You just switched over to keyboard. I expect you to maybe reach Valorant rank, I don't know, maybe a year or two. Hopefully, you'll get to that Oh, point. wow, never. I'm not, it's not even in my radar, bro. I'm a uh, Valorant rank. I'm just hoping I'm out of, I'm just hoping I'm out of, what, bronze? That's all I'm hoping I'm out of pretty soon. Hey, 
Hey, listen, that's that's what I'm hoping that I'm going to be at, at least moving forward. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on the first episode of The Valorant Show. It's always a great time having you stop by as a listener. And I got to say, not only for myself, Taylor Reflections Noble, but also Troy Tuttle, a.k.a. Too Loud. We appreciate you stopping by. We hope to see you again on the next episode of The Valorant Show. Peace. Grab some water, refill those clips, and let's get back out there.